Welcome to Many Happy Miles, a podcast that celebrates all types of forward movement. Whether you are running on a beautiful, snowy holiday morning, or maybe you're trotting like a turkey after too many leftovers, I don't know. We're here to say yay to all of it. I'm Dimity, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. And I'm Sarah Wessner Flynn, your co-host. And I guess today I'm saying yay to... um heated gloves because it is officially cold and, and wintry here in Maryland. And I am bracing myself for a 35 degree practice this afternoon and thinking about wearing my heated gloves for the first time this season. Oh my gosh. So heated gloves, are these things that we plug in or do you just get you know the- like- I don't even know. I got them for Christmas last year and my in-laws kindly gave them to me because I have Raynaud's. I think I've talked about this before in the podcast. It's like, I've had it since high school. My fingers are extremely sensitive to the cold. So they gave me these heated gloves and I never wore them because we had a pretty mild winter last year um, and we never had snow even. So- I never wore them. And now I'm like, nope, this today is a good day. Cause last night I was out there and my fingers were so cold and, and actually painful and they still are a little painful today. So I'm like, okay, got to get all the gear. It's winter. Yeah. We're, we're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Indoor well, track if you're going to wear them today yeah. and they need to be plugged in, Sarah, you got to go do that. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I right? will. I will. Definitely. I, uh, yeah. Okay. But okay. you know, with the winter brings all things holiday and the new year. And you know, this is a good chance for us to, to reflect on the year uh, behind us before we move forward to the year ahead. So I'm excited for this today's episode. We want to take some time to look back and reflect on all of the happy moments the year brought us. Both um, Sarah and I are going to talk for a second about ours. We have the Train Like a Mother Club coaches coming on. And then we also got some great voicemails from you guys with your athletic highlights. So we're going to intersperse those. And we're doing it for this episode and the next episode. So if you sent one in and you don't hear on this episode, stay tuned. It'll probably be in two weeks. So anyway, Sarah, what was your athletic highlight this year? Well, I have to say, I guess, now I have to think back here, you know, the basic answer would be the marathon, Marine Corps Marathon, accomplishing another marathon. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, the, the greatest day of my life and there wasn't anything amazing that, you know, I could check all the boxes for, but I got a BQ, which was really important to me because it can kind of further my marathoning journey as I move forward into 2025 now because I got the qualification for 24 and 25. So like I was able to move on from that and grow and learn and figure it out. So I would say that was definitely both like a highlight and, you know, a lesson, a takeaway. Other than that, Gosh, this year was pretty long. And I think that a lot of my athletic highlights, and we'll talk about this when we talk to Coach Amy, you know, did come from my athletes themselves, like being a coach and, and being able to foster some of their dreams and get them to crush some of their goals. You know, I coach high school kids and I'm really, really proud of where I landed this year as a coach. Yeah. And I got one of my first athletes or the first athlete I've ever coached is now competing on a division one level. He had a great cross country season and we're still in touch. And that is like where I see my future as a coach is pushing these kids into bigger and better things. And so being able to see that come to fruition was really excited. And that happened all this year. So yeah. um, I'm very grateful and thankful. And I have a new opportunity now as a coach. And so I've switched to a different team. And we are gearing up for a very, very exciting year ahead. I'm super, super pumped for that. That's great. Well, congratulations. That's, that. yeah. that's huge. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And that's, I mean, I got goosebumps when you said that you helped him 
run a division one school and not necessarily that that's, it's about a division one school, but it's about keeping him running and keeping him healthy. Because I know when you have kids that are very talented, it's very easy to push too hard. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of burn them out. And I'm not saying you would have done that, but I'm just saying, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think it's hard sometimes to take a step back and balance the athlete with the person. So congratulations Mm -hmm. for you doing that and for wanting to do more of that because we need more coaches like you out there. Thank you. And this community, I think always reminds me too of, um, loving running later in life and different aspects of life, whether you're racing, whether you're run walking, whether you're just out there doing whatever you want to do, but you're still loving being active and being fit and never losing that love for it. And so, you know, the burnout is real. And especially at the high school level, burnout is so real, but I want to instill in my athletes, the love of movement and to not see it as like just a means to an end or just like, I just want to race because I want to win. It's more like you're building a path or you're carving a path for yourself that hopefully you can continue to journey down for many, many years. And doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the fastest or the best. You know, we want that, of course, as a coach, we want that. But also I want them to love running, you know, and I want them to find joy in it and find joy in all the aspects of running, not just winning. So that's my philosophy as a coach. And like some people might not always agree with that because, you know, winning is important. But as a former serious competitive athlete myself, I never experienced like true joy, just focusing only on being the best. You got to look at more holistically. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I'm learning and growing as a coach and athlete and now continuing, we'll hopefully continue to do that for a while. I love it. I love it. Well, let's do my highlight next time because yes, we got to get all about you. Well, let's do, we'll do it on the next episode. Okay. So, oh, I mean, you got to okay. come back. Stay we, tuned. We'll leave everybody hanging. <laughs> you have some good stories. So yeah, next episode, we'll hear all about you. Exactly. To get us started, here is our first athletic highlight from an AMR community member. Hi, this is Anna from Circle Pines, Minnesota. I'm calling to say that my athletic highlight from 2023 was running the Mankato Marathon, pushing my daughter Maya in her wheelchair. It was just about a month ago, and I still am feeling the glow from that day every time I think about it. And it was just an amazing, magical journey from start to finish. And I'll never forget getting Maya across that finish line to help her become a marathoner. Hi, this is Paige. I'm calling from Watkinsville, Georgia. I was calling to tell you what my running highlight was from 2023. I, for the very first time, had a best running friend join me for half marathon training this year. I've always wanted a best running friend. I've never had one. One of my dear friends decided that she would give half marathon training a try this year. And she was my partner for long runs every Sunday morning. And I had so much fun having someone to talk to and pass the time with and commiserate with. And so the highlight of my year was definitely having a best running friend. Thanks for all you do. I love the show. Bye. Over this and the next episode of Many Happy Miles, we'll be chatting with all of our awesome Train Like a Mother coaches to hear about their best moments of the year.
To start us off, we're bringing on Amy Skorich, one of our traditional program coaches. Amy is joining us from Apex, North Carolina, where she lives with her husband, daughter, and dog. So welcome, Amy. So excited to hear hear from you, talk to you, <laughs> one of those things. Thank you, Dimity. I'm so excited to be here. So Amy, let's start off by having you share one of your personal athletic highlights of the year. I know you race frequently, so any fun moments out on the race course for you? Uh, yes. It's hard to choose just one for sure, but I think probably the Cherry Blossom 10 miler uh, in April was my favorite. Yes. Why Why do you like that? I just, I loved the course. I executed my race really well. I felt really strong. I had no GI or blood sugar issues whatsoever. It was, aside from the wind at the very end of the race, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a local race for me. And this, this is the first year in like eight years that I didn't do it. So just when you said that, I was like, oh, oh I got to sign up next year. Yeah, I was out of town. But that wind is brutal. That's like the last couple miles. The wind can be really brutal out there. Yes. Yes, it was rough. I was not prepared for that. But mm-hmm. otherwise, like I said, it was just perfect. Cool. And did you have some marathon plans this year or am I imagining that? Uh, I ran Boston at the be- after Cherry Blossom and had somewhat of a different type of day out there than I had at Cherry Blossom. Still finished, still ran a- another BQ, which I'm happy with. And then I have not run another marathon this year. Ben, <laughs> one of the most recent quotes, when business is good meaning coaching for me, um, my training doesn't necessarily stay as good. I'm working on figuring out that balance. Yeah. I hear that, Amy. <laughs> I was just explaining that to somebody yesterday. I was like, it's the emotional energy yes. that you put into coaching that you take away from your own training. It's really hard to balance that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't do it another way. I'm so happy with all that I'm giving, but I'm just trying to figure out how I can make a few changes for myself so that I can go back out there. So I'm going to race Boston again this coming spring and um, Chicago this next fall. So 2024 is shaping up to be a bigger race year for me. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, so what about some best moments as a coach? It seems like you had so many of them and hopefully one of which is the better together program, but you know, I might be feeding that to you. (laughs) (laughs) You're not feeding it. You were right. It's hard to think of another one that could have topped that for me. Being an indie in person, hanging out with all of these incredible athletes, meeting some of their spouses um, or, and one brought their daughter. All of that was just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like we we talked about this before on a podcast. It looked like so much fun. You know, you and Jess were just out there with so much enthusiasm. And I saw some videos of like greeting people at the finish line. And like nothing can be better than that. Just to celebrate with, you know, this group of women. And you two were such great cheerleaders along the way to help them get to their goal, which is really cool. So speaking of that, like with anything about that experience or maybe another experience that you had that was really surprising or went a different way than you thought it would in a good way? Well, I mean, that experience went, it's hard to have imagined how it was going to go because this was our first try at that program. And it, I think it, it even went better than I could have imagined just the amount of joy and how much we all shared together, starting with that shakeout run when we first got there. To then the team meeting and everybody's enthusiasm and 
But being there at that finish line to hug people, I, it was just incredible, especially our first time marathoners to see them cross the finish line and help put the medals around their necks and, and hug them and celebrate with them. It really, I don't know that I could have imagined how extraordinary that was, but if I had, I think this was still better. Nice, nice. Let's shift the focus back to you for a second. So you talked a little bit about the balance between the energy that you give to coaching versus your own running. Is there anything else that you want to work on in your own running, whether it's like a strength thing or a speed thing or a mental toughness thing? Is there anything like as you eye Boston in 2024 that you're like, yeah, I'd like to do that a little better? Yeah, I think showing up more. I've never had such a challenge as far as showing up for my runs and having the time to do everything the way that I'm experiencing right now as a mom and as a coach. I think this period of my life where my daughter is, she's nine now, and I can see the the future a bit, even like seeing you, Dimity, yeah. and seeing Jess and her kids. And I can see like, I don't have that much more time as far as this kid stage is going. And it's really fun. So making sure that I am making time for myself and getting in my runs. I ran my long run on Sunday this weekend at 9.45 p.m. And I would like to wow. not do that again. So <laughs> so I think, wow. it's, yeah, it's prioritizing. Maybe I, I become a morning runner again, um, which I don't always love, but I'm going to have to to make that happen. Did you? When do you prefer to run if you had no commitments? Uh, 7.30 in the morning would, is my favorite time in the world to run, but that will absolutely not happen <laughs> again in my life. Sometimes on the weekends I can make it happen. But yeah, I used to run early, early in the morning and meet up with friends. Things were a little different as far as schedules and my daughter and all that and just my own life as I've gotten older. Sure. <laughs> I enjoy my sleep even more than I, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I, I just, I think I need to get out. It's dark and it's getting colder and all of those things make me sad, which I understand and I see, and I actually am so inspired when I see my athletes doing that. That helps a lot to know that I'm asking the same of them. And I would like to be in a place where I can do that for myself. So Amy, when you, I hope that was a treadmill run at 945 oh, at yes, night. It was a treadmill okay. run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dark and cold, I'm like, yeah. Ooh, oh, how gosh, long was no. she out there? No, yeah. yeah. It was a treadmill run. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Yes. Yep. Guilty. Yep. Guilty. <laughs> yes. Yes. My big thing is with that is how do you fall asleep afterwards? I don't. So Dimity, I'm so, uh, so jazzed. I was. Right? I then finished. I went ate. I burned my, the roof of my mouth with these burritos that I warmed up in the microwave. <laughs> and I could not fall asleep. I didn't go to bed till two in the morning. And then oh, wow. I had to, and I was not tired, but I, popped my nighttime sleepy pills and somehow was able to get about five hours of sleep. And yeah, it was rough though. It, I felt it the next day. Yeah. 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 Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. I was just about to say. <laughs> disclaimer. Amy, yes. Disclaimer. Do yes, as I say, yeah. not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for keeping it real. I mean, you are a very talented runner and you, and I know that you've shared this with other people, but you also run with diabetes and celiac yes. disease, like you mentioned blood sugar before. So you are not just juggling coaching and, and mothering, but also just your 
making sure that your body is um, as I don't know, homeostatic. Is that is that a yes. good word? <laughs> yeah, balanced, that's a good word. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Yeah. So hats off to you for continuing to really perform, even when it it looks like you're performing from the outside. It may not feel like that from the inside, but we see nothing but a really strong athlete from our uh, angle. Hi, this is Laura from Fort Lauderdale. I wanted to call and do my athletic endeavor for 2023. Have to go back a little bit. I have identified as a runner for 20 years now. Um, It saved me 20 years ago and I found you guys and I've been running ever since. I can tell you I packed for many trips and I might have forgotten my underwear, but I never forget my running shoes. But the last few years has been a bit of a challenge taking care of uh, illness on my husband and I kind of lost myself. And I can tell you that the tribe that I met at the Hilton Head Retreat has been my lifeline back. We signed up for the Indy in February of this year, and it was a glimmer of hope that I just figured one way or the other on this liver cancer roller coaster, maybe I would get there. And I can tell you that I ran that race, half of it with one of those lovely ladies, and the other half calling my husband and telling him how much he would have loved it. And I can just tell you that it is nice to feel like a runner again. Thank you for all you guys do. Hi, this is Kristen Jeanette, and I'm calling from Blaine. My athletic highlight from 2023 comes from an amazing, epic adventure of a family vacation we had earlier this summer. To celebrate my son's graduation from high school and spend some quality time together before we shipped him off to college in fall, we planned um, an epic national parks adventure that included um, a 12-hour, 16-and-a-half-mile hike up to the summit of Half Dome, including the cables, um, and it was just my son and I. I will forever be grateful, and it will, I'm sure, always um, move me to tears to remember that day, the amazing views from the top, and just how glory it was to spend that time with my son at that time in his life. So if you ever get the chance to get a lottery permit, climb the cables, and take in the world from the top of Half Down and do it with someone you love, absolutely do it. Next up, we have Jennifer Giles, a sports nutritionist who lives in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Jen is a mom of four and is actually the newest member of our AMR squad. She joined us in 2023 to launch Many Nutritious Miles, and we are going to do an iteration of that program in 2024, so stay tuned for that. But Jen, you are definitely one of our highlights around here at Another Mother Runner. So glad to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. It's been so much fun joining this year. I've met some awesome people and just had a really great time. Yeah, so Jen, we want to talk about your time with the AMR community, but first, why don't we just start with something that's exciting that happened to you athletically in the past year? Yeah, it's been a quite a fun year because it is the first year in probably almost 30 years that I haven't raced at all. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you know what? In the beginning of the year, I was not so happy about that. I had a couple injuries I was dealing with, but 
now I'm feeling so much better that I took the year off from racing that I feel like I'm in a better place for next year, to be honest. And I feel like it's the first time I could ever, ever say that because I've been racing pretty hard for a a very long time. And it's, it's almost been part of my identity. So to take a step back and just focus on some rehab and to focus on some other activities I like has really been a gift for me. And you anticipate racing this year, you're going to jump back in. I am. I Mm -hmm. am. Yep. That's the plan. (laughs) So you were injured um, or you had some injuries. Was there anything else? Like, was it family stuff that kept you from racing? Like, it was obviously a pretty conscious decision. You know, it was not conscious at all. I had plans to race. Yeah, it was, it was like every year I had plans to race, um, was excited to do some races, more running races this year than triathlon, just because logistically it's easier for me. Mm -hmm. And then kind of just like what you hinted on, I had a lot of family obligations. I have these four wonderful children who are <laughs> extremely busy. And I had signed up for some races and I had to back out of some, which doesn't really happen to me, but I, I had to take, you know, a child somewhere for some tournament and I couldn't race. And my husband and I divide and conquer to take care of all these kids. Yeah. So it just wasn't possible to race. And so that was kind of the first half of the year that I just had to back out of, actually on two separate races. So I learned from that and didn't sign up for anything thinking I could just hop into something last minute, maybe a half marathon or something like that. So I kept my training up, but then over the summer, I injured myself. I actually was lifting when I injured myself. And I, what did I, you do? I pulled a muscle in my hip. They're not really even mm-hmm. sure what I did, okay. but it, it affected the nerve. So I had really bad nerve pain. Oh, which they think is sciatic pain that went all the way down my leg. So man, I have that as well. Like, yeah, it's It's so painful. Yeah. Is it better now? You know, it's just getting better now. So it's taken me about four months for it to finally loosen up. Like I could finally touch my toes again, which I haven't been, I'm usually very flexible and I haven't been able to do that in four months. So Mm. I just this week was able to do that, which is good. And I can run and I can obviously bike and swim. But I could never really run distance this fall because it would get really fatigued at like four, four or five miles. It would just get really fatigued and I would have to stop. So I didn't do distance. I cut back on distance and volume and speed. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of <laughs> ran for fun. And I, I hiked a lot and I swam a little bit more and I biked a lot. Um, so that was okay. But again, I couldn't do really any distance. Yeah. And that's okay. Cause it sounds like you filled up your time in many other ways and you found other ways to have fun and you realize it's not all about racing. Yeah. Um, that's a good chapter of your life to be in. And if you go back, that's great. But if you don't, then, you know, like, you know, you, you have many other ways to fill up your bucket. So yeah. Yep. Exactly. Good lesson for 2023. So let's shift gears to your time with the AMR community. You know, looking back, what, what's something that stands out as one of your best moments while working with AMR? Oh, wow. There's so many. I feel like just the interaction between the people that were a part of Many Nutritious Miles and the questions and the interest. I think everybody that was involved in the program really was invested in learning about the best way to fuel their bodies. And they had really thoughtful questions and they implemented those answers into their lives and had some success, which was great. I feel like just reaching more people with the right information on how to feel yourself really lights me up because I feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there and people are very confused about nutrition, specifically sports nutrition. And to clarify that for the people that were involved in the program really is a highlight for me. 
That's so cool. And I'm just curious, have you shifted your nutrition at all? I mean, Jen, remind us how old you are right now. I just, just turned 51. You on spot. Yeah. No, I love okay. it. I love telling people my age because I'm like, you know what? It really does get better. <laughs> I'm not it even does, lying. I agree. It's, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. I, I'm, I'm on that ride with you. Um, have you, like, what have you done with your nutrition? Anything as you, um, if you're perimenopausal or anything that you've shifted with your nutrition that you feel like has been significant or maybe you haven't shifted anything? No, I love this question because I've taken, I actually went into menopause pretty early whether that was a result of being an endurance athlete or not, I don't know. I have my own theories about that. I think it kind of probably is, but I went into menopause at 45. So it's on the earlier side. So I really took a deep dive into learning exactly about how to switch my nutrition because of that. And honestly, I went through it. I didn't even really know it was happening until afterwards. And I'd wish I'd known I was going through it because I I would have changed a lot of things going into it now that I know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've really shifted my nutrition to focus more on hormonal balance with foods, creating that hormonal balance Mm -hmm. so that I can manage my symptoms better. You know, there's a lot of symptoms that come with menopause and they can affect your training, you know, especially if you're, if you're not eating properly or you're not balancing your nutrients or you're not mindful of, of how that relationship between food and hormones is, then you can have symptoms that affect your exercise. Like I was really fatigued. Like there was a point in my life at 45 where I had to take a nap every day. And and I, I was like, what is going on? And then once yeah. I finally realized what was going on, I really could shift, you know, the macronutrients that I was eating or the timing of the, of how I was eating or my hydration. And that real that made a huge difference to me in terms of how I felt and how I was able to perform. Okay. I know you can't answer this in like the quick minute we're going to give you, but Okay. I feel like I have to nap every day right now. <laughs> Not going to lie. Like, like what is one or two things? I mean, hydration, I think, you know, just drinking, is it just drinking all day long? It was more a fact of calculating my sweat rate and making sure I was taking in not enough, not just enough water and fluid, mm-hmm. but also electrolytes. I really had to balance my electrolytes. I think before menopause, I didn't really have to think about it as much because I was an endurance athlete and I was just, you know, drinking water and taking electrolytes and my body was doing its thing. Our body's not as efficient as hydrating after menopause. So we have Mm -hmm. to be a lot more specific about the volume of water as it relates to how many electrolytes you're taking in also. Okay. All right. All right. And what about the shifting your macronutrients? Like, again, I realize we're, I'm like, like asking you to like stick your toe into like a pit of vipers right now, but um, <laughs> and what, I mean, any, any quick little advice that's going to be life-changing for someone who's listening? Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. I mean, no, it, it, it's definitely individual, first of all, but for yeah. me, it was protein, protein, protein. I yeah. think because of my busy, busy lifestyle and, you know, traveling on the weekends, every weekend with my kids, sometimes you're just eating, um, you know, you're eating on the road and you're grabbing pretzels. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I was eating was healthy. So I wasn't really doing anything wrong, but I really wasn't prioritizing protein as much as, I, as much as I should have been or could have been. And the fact that you lose so much more muscle mass after, well, after 30, it really it really kind of speeds up the loss, but after 45 or 50, it's speeding up even faster. So we have to shit, we have to prioritize protein even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Jen, we know you've inspired so many mother runners out there with your, this 
kind of practical approach to nutrition. Just the way you explain things just makes sense. Um, you also have such insightful advice as an athlete yourself, as a mom. So is there an anecdote that you can share where you feel like you had a breakthrough moment with somebody that you coached or that you consulted? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, I just had a conversation with a client this week, actually. She came to me to work with her two children and they were both athletes. And in the process, she decided to work along with them. So I kind of worked with her and her two children through all of this. And she had been at a stage in her life where she had gained a lot of weight. She was really busy with work, very busy with raising her two teenage kids and just let her, you know, put herself on the back burner, let's say. And she had gained upwards of about 50 pounds, just wasn't feeling well, um, definitely didn't feel healthy, obviously tired, fatigued. And she was worried that she really wasn't going to stay healthy for very long if she stayed on the same track. So the wonderful thing about working with them is her kids were so motivating for her. Like her kids were athletes and they were working on their performance as high school athletes. And they really helped their mom figure it all out. You know, like she, she made change. She started making changes right away. She was meal prepping. She was asking a lot of questions about like when she should be eating, how much she should be eating, the balance of the nutrients that she was eating. And she was on her game, but her kids were supporting her in a way I've never seen before, which was just fabulous. So she ended up being so successful with her goals at the same time as her children were successful with their goals. So that story really made made my heart warm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It works. You know what? I really have the best job in the world because if you do the things that you're supposed to do, the things that I coach you to do or or suggest that you do, it always works. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you are going to try to race in 2024. Do you have your eyes on specific races or specific goals or anything like that? Or what's, what's the plan? I do. Um, you know, don't hold me to this, but I really want to do a half Ironman again this year. I haven't done one in a couple of years and it's, it's really probably my favorite distance because I feel like it's just challenging enough where you have to put time in, but it's not overwhelming where it overtakes your life. So I, I feel like it's a doable challenge. So that's the direction I'm going back in this year. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have a specific race in mind? Not or, yet, just because of our yet. schedules. Yeah. yeah. I want to kind of keep it local. I, I don't want to be traveling too far because I just don't think that that's in the cards for me this year. So yeah. local-ish, so somewhere in the Northeast. All yeah. Right. RIP quasi, right, Jen? That's where you and I, I had some moments. That yeah. was like our, our local <laughs> hometown race and such a great race, but they don't have it anymore. So yeah. not an option. Yeah, it's nice. Well, thanks, Jen. It was great to talk to you. And like I said, um, we are going to run many nutritious miles again in 2024, but it's just going to be a different iteration and we'll have that information out to you in early January. So if that's something that you wanted to be in on last year, um, you've heard some good things about, we can definitely hook you up again this year because Jen is uh, psyched and ready to go. I'm very much looking forward to it. I can't wait. All right. Awesome. Thanks, thanks guys. Stay tuned and we'll be back with more highlights right after these messages. Hi, my name is Jan. I am living in North Carolina, but I just recently moved from upstate New York. And my highlight for 2023 was completing the Catskill peaks that were all over 3,500 feet. It's a challenge in the Catskills that includes doing four of them in winter months, so hiking up mountains in 
in uh, snowshoes, which I never thought I would do. Uh, I did these hikes over time with some with my son, some with uh, club planned hikes, some just with myself or with my dog Myrtle. And it was an accomplishment that I'm pretty proud of. I learned to navigate unmarked trails, so doing orienteering and trusting my judgment on how to get to the top of the mountain. And I would say the highlight of the whole thing was hiking um, the Devil's Path, which I did as an overnight backpacking trip by myself. Thanks for the opportunity. I love your podcasts and the community. It's great. I've been following it for years. Thanks. Bye. Hi, this is Amanda calling from Gypsum, Colorado, calling to tell about my 2023 accomplishment. So every day so far this year, and actually since the end of 22, I have been on a streak of a mile activity a day. I was inspired by some of the streak podcasts that were done last year, but didn't think I was going to be able to accomplish running a minimum of a mile a day. So I opened it to any activity. So I have completed, or I'm not completed, I'm still doing it, um, but I'm walking, running, biking, swimming, wakeboarding, paddleboarding, a bunch of different things that I've done to accomplish my mile every day this year. Well, thank you for the inspiration, and I plan to continue as long as I can. Have a great day. Finally, we have Christy Scott joining us from Huntsville, Alabama. Christy coaches AMR's Ultra and Become a Trail Runner programs. She also headed up the group of Bammers that traveled to the Blue Ridge Ultra over the summer. So Christy is a prolific and talented racer herself, so we know you've got some highlights to share. Welcome, Christy. <laughs> Ah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So, Christy, I feel like every time I, you know, swipe in, up on Instagram, you're out there racing again. So tell us about some of your races in 2023 and some highlights and, and maybe some lowlights just because uh, I might know of one out there. Not a lowlight, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what's really great about it is my best race experience was also my worst. So, you know, that one race kind of... um envelops what ultra running is about. Yeah. And because I could find so much joy in something that I technically failed at, you know, I, I do race quite often. Um, but I, you know, I always pick one big race a year and it's typically a hundred miler or a timed event that's similar to that. And I always find a place that's somewhere that we, my husband and I both want to go. That's really beautiful. I like mountain races. I'm not a fan of, you know, flat stuff. So I had found this hundred miler in Montana and had trained really, really, really hard for it. I was very prepared physically, and it was the most stunning place I've ever been on my own two feet. It was just amazing. You know, it had amazing climbs, and you would get to the top and just be in awe. You know, like I just got to the top of this mountain on my feet. How did I do that? And it's just stunning. And I had a great crew and. Yeah, about 40 miles in, my stomach decided that it, it didn't want to do anymore. <laughs> so um, that's when I picked up my first pacer. And I basically 
puked my guts out from mile 40 on (laughs) (laughs) and um, ended up not making the cutoff at mile 62 or three. I forget. I think it was, it was at the hundred K mark. So 63, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And so I was pulled. It was very, you know, disappointing, but at the same time, I was so proud of how far I just kept pushing. I'm like, I don't care that I can't even keep water down. We're not stopping until they make me stop. And that to me was, that was a success to me, even though, you know, technically it was a failure. I I had a DNF, but I finished and I was like, it's okay. I absolutely did everything I could have done and went as long as I possibly could have gone. And I got to see some just amazing, beautiful scenery out West. Unreal. Where was it in Montana? It's not too far from Bozeman. It's actually, the mountain range is actually called the Crazy Mountains. Oh, never heard of them. Yeah. There's a lot of area there that you can't get to otherwise. Like there's a lot of native land there that's protected. Mm -hmm. Um, But the race director is a rancher. And so she actually went out and like, she made this course up. It took her a couple of years and actually had to go and make contact and talk to all the landowners and the tribes that were affected by it. And she got everybody's buy-in and, you know, she had to make some alterations. I know. Cause there were some that were like, no, you're not running these people across our land. Mm-hmm. So she really put a lot behind it. And because they knew, you know, she was a local rancher and it was, it's just such a cool, the whole setup is really cool, but it's got 23,000 feet of elevation gain in this hundred oh, miler. So that tells you something. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Christy, will you go back and try again? You know, I was going to, And after talking to my husband, we decided to um, try a different one. So I'm going to do another 100 next year and do it a little closer to home just so that it's just a little less effort as far as like the travel and the expense. And I was going to, and I thought maybe I'll go back eventually, but not this year. So we're going to, we're going to do some races closer to, we're going to stay like in the, in the Southeast Mm -hmm. for all my races this year. Okay. Nice. Nice. And it's good that you also like, don't feel like you need that redemption, right? You said you could take away that you had success despite the DNF. And so, you know, sometimes when right. like you feel like you didn't, act, you have unfinished business, you haven't had that hunger to go back and, and conquer it again, like then it becomes something bigger than it should be. So it sounds like you have a really healthy mm-hmm. experience and take away with it, which makes you such a great coach, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it helps to have, it helps to have those experiences yourself. Yes, I agree. And so like with your involvement with the AMR community, like we said, you have the ultra and the trail group. So tell us about some of the highlights you have had um, as a coach this year. Well, my absolute favorite, of course, was having our group that went to do the Blue Ridge Ultra. You know, it's the first time we've done a training group where we all trained together remotely and then came together at a race event and did it. And I could not have loved it more. I I wish we could do that, you know, more frequently. And we got to see another beautiful area. A lot of those people would have never come to see an area in North Georgia, but it was so beautiful. And I, I had never even been to that particular part of Georgia. And so it was just gorgeous. And it was fun to be able to meet up with them in person. And like, you feel like you knew them, you know, like, oh my gosh, yeah, I know we could talk like we've been friends forever because we've trained through this stuff together. And, you know, we had the, uh, Zoom meetings occasionally. So they come in and ask questions. So I really felt like everybody had this really cool, cohesive group. And I just, I loved that experience so much and watching them being able to stand there and watch 
these people come across the finish line was so rewarding that they felt the same way. Yeah. It was (laughs) very cool. It was very cool. I mean, I love, I love that program too. I just really thought that to, it was, it was out of their comfort zone, a lot of people's comfort zones in many ways, the the part of the country, the the distance, the trails themselves. I mean, the climbing that was, uh, I mean, it wasn't 23,000 yes. feet, but it was, it was significant. <laughs> so um, that's super cool. Super cool. Well, so um, zoom out a little bit more. It doesn't necessarily have to involve AMR, but was there a moment either in your own running or with one of your athletes that you really had to step outside their comfort zone or are you outside your own comfort zone? to meet a challenge? I mean, we kind of talked about Montana, but is there another one? Yeah, we have the race. I know I told you all about this when we talked before about my client who is 67 years old and decided that she was going to do, there's a race in Tennessee. It's called a race for the ages and it's put on by, you know, the infamous Laz, um, Gary Cantrell. Of what, what's, what's, what's his big race again? Sorry. People, Laz does what? It's Um, called the... Berkeley. The Barkley, 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 yeah. Barkley, yeah. Okay. Barkley marathons. He does Barkley. He does Big's backyard, which is you know the mm-hmm. the one that never ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's known for his really unique, really tough races, and so a lot of people you know come just because it's his. But this one in particular, he really tries to give the older people an advantage. So the whole preface is everyone finishes on Labor Day at noon. And then you go backwards from there to determine your start time. So she was 67. So if you go back 67 hours, that's Ooh. when she started. So oh the older you goodness. are, the more time you get. Yes. It's okay. on a one mile loop in Manchester, Tennessee and of city park. So you go one mile loops for however many hours you are old. Wow. And that gives that advantage. Those older people could end up beating the younger people. Cause in the end it's whoever has the most miles. Right. So there was a man out there who was nine. I'm trying to remember if he was 91 or 93. But anyway, wow. my client is 67 hmm. and she had said, I want to, I think I'm going to do that race and I'll just go for like hundred K. And I said, well, why? Like when else will you have 67 hours to complete a hundred miles? Why don't we just do a hundred miles? And she said, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, why not? And so I went and crushed. I will go with you. I mean, I'll, I'll drive up there with you. I'll crew you. I'll stay there with you the whole time. And so I did that. And it was so rewarding to be out there oh. with her and to watch her accomplish something that she never, ever, even a million years dreamed that she would do, especially at 67 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she did. She finished her first hundred miler. Did she get to a hundred miles? She did a hundred miles. Wow. Wow. Yep. Wow. And how did, how did she end up doing among everybody else? Um, she did great. I'm trying to remember yeah. how many, you know, we, they all start together. I think there were maybe six of them in her age because they stay, mm-hmm. you know, start each hour. I mean, she did really well. I don't recall exactly where she, where she was placement wise. Must be confusing. Like during the race to figure out how you're, I mean, I guess the point isn't not to like necessarily win. It's just to go right. as far as you can go. It right. must be so confusing <laughs> to keep track of all that. And people come yeah. and go off the course. Like we did take, you know, when you have that long, you can take breaks. Like mm-hmm. you leave, like we left and went back to the hotel the second day so that she could shower and take a nap. Cause I'm like, I really want you to get a little bit of sleep. And then we went back. So you are able to do that. So you, it's hard to keep up with anybody but yourself because people are coming and going 
you know, especially mm-hmm. you have like a 91 year old, obviously he didn't stay out there the whole 91 hours. He went, he'd do a few laps <laughs> and then he would go rest yeah. and he would do yeah. a few laps. And he, when I left, I think he was at like miles, I'm trying to think it was 71. Wow. Like that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> That's, we should be, I don't remember reading about that. I got to look that one up. Yeah, so, it's, like, it's a wonderful yeah. race. And most of these older people that are out there are people who used to be really fast. And the stories that you hear are the best part of the whole experience because you'll, you'll do a lap with someone and you'll walk next to them or jog next to them. And they'll talk about, well, yeah, I did this race. I'm like, what? You did what? And they've done these like amazing things in their lifetime of running. And now they do this because, you know, they can't make cutoffs at a regular race, but they can go do this race and do whatever they're able to do. And so there are some amazing stories out there. So that's probably my favorite part of that race is being around. You're around some legendary runners. It's just really cool. That's so cool. So you are like, you have your finger on the pulse of all like the eccentric races, it sounds like. I do. (laughs) Yeah. So are you cooking up anything for 2024? Are you going to try to do something like that? You mentioned you have a hundred miler in mind. Is there anything else that you're eyeing that's a little different? Um, not really. They're all kind of my standard. I have a bunch of races that are near us that I do every year that are ultras. We have a last man standing race here that just started two years ago. And I did it the first year and I'm going to do it this year too in April. And it's uh, on the trails and it's a pretty rough course, but I'm going to do it and see how long I can last. See if I can outlast a bunch of the guys. Nice. Do you still do obstacle course racing, like Spartan stuff? I actually have it. I did not do a single one this year. I was so focused on that hundred mile training and then just, it just didn't, it just didn't fit in with my schedule. It's a, a big time commitment and a big expense as well. But so yeah. I, I did not, I will probably go back, but I haven't done a single one this year. Did you miss it? Uh, not really. I think I was so focused on this running stuff and then figure trying to figure out that's a whole nother topic, but trying to figure out these stomach issues that I was having, which we think we have solved. Um, that's been my focus. And so yeah. we've, we've made some huge progress there. Good. Good. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Christy. You are an inspiration to all of us. And and even though you do go do what feels like superhuman things, you you make it very accessible <laughs> and, you know, help everyone along the trail, which is super cool. So you'll have to let us know what which which race you're uh, picking in the Southeast. Have you picked it yet for your 100 miler? Uh, it's not 100% yet, but okay. I'm, I'm leaning towards something in West Virginia. Okay. All because right. they've got some really beautiful technical trails with some climbing that aren't insane. Not not like Montana, but it's really pretty, really pretty area. <laughs> Great. Well, good luck with that and everything else that you do. Thank you. I really, I love being part of this community and you guys have built something quite special. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Christy. Awesome. What did you figure out about your stomach? Um, it's just totally fueling related. Like I was not eating enough. I was okay. not getting in the right things. And so I, um, the coach, the person that owns the gym that I do most of my coaching at has a nutrition program. And I started working with her and she started looking at what I was doing. She's like, girl, you are not eating enough. Your activity level is so high. You're not eating enough. And then we pulled back on more. I eat a lot of real food when I do ultras. And so we've pulled back on that and tried to do more simple stuff. My stomach was just having a hard time digesting. So we just decided to start trying simple things like going back to like, you know, honey stinger waffles and gels and things that are just easy for my body to 
to handle and and fueling enough before and after recovery and all that good stuff. And it's all been fueling related and it's had major impact. Cool. I'm glad you figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, my doctor said, don't, I said, do I need to just quit trying to do these hundreds? And she's like, absolutely not. I think it's your, I think you might need to look deeper into your fueling. And I'm like, and this is why you're my doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why I like you. Yeah. Yep. This is why I don't go to someone who says, oh yeah, you should just quit running. Oh yeah. We don't like those people. So, we don't like them. We do all. not. Yeah. She's awesome. She's like, I don't understand why yeah. you'd want to run a hundred miles, but I think you should continue. So. Sweet. Okay, cool. Thanks, Christy. Have a good afternoon. Right. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Michelle from Tallahassee, Florida. I'm calling about my athletic highlight. Uh, it was Finally, after four years completing for the second time a summer trail series race put on by our local track club, um, it was four races on trails over the summer in Florida, so it was very hot, and I had completed it in 2019, and after that, the pandemic plus injury after injury after injury has meant that I haven't been able to do it. So it was exciting this year to complete the trail series and to do it with my 10-year-old daughter, Ellie. Hi, this is Kathy from Tampa with my 2023 athletic highlight. I turned 49 this year, and with the big 5-0 looming, I wanted to see if I still had it. I hadn't done a road half marathon in like five years. I had done trail races, but I never do those for time. So I got a coach for the first time ever, and I was working really hard on my training plan, and then I got hit with bursitis in my hips. I had been all but sidelined the four weeks leading up to the race, doing only one-mile streak savers, as they call them, uh, about to hit a three-year running streak. Anyway, so I didn't know if I was even going to be able to do the race, but I figured I'd start it, and if I couldn't keep going, I could always Uber back. And in a miracle turn of events, plus some PT leading up, my hip stopped hurting like couple days before the race and I not only completed it I nearly PR'd I was 94 seconds away I was really proud of how I dug in thanks stay tuned in two weeks we're going to be doing the exact same thing different day same thing awesome stuff hearing from the train like a mother coaches as well as voicemails from you amazing women out there Our podcast today was produced by Barry Medor of Fire on the Bluff in St. Paul, Minnesota. 